0: This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use
1: in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner, Cynthia Thurlow. Today, I am delighted and so excited to have Dr. Carrie Jones. She's an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. She graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine School of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, where she also completed her two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. Later, she graduated from Grand Canyon University's Master of Public Health Program with a goal of doing more international education. She was an adjunct faculty for many years teaching gynecology and advanced endocrinology and fertility, and has been the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland. She is the medical director for Precision Analytical Inc., creators of the Dutch hormone test, which I proudly like and use Welcome, Dr. Jones. It's so nice to have you. Thank you
0: so much for inviting me. No, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. So I've been following on social media and it's so nice to connect with someone who is doing so much in that kind of female hormonal health space. And so is that where you, did you know before you went to graduate school, that was what you wanted to do or yep. was that something that just came later for you?
0: No, I've known since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a doctor that focused in women's health somehow. I I thought maybe OBGYN, I thought thought pediatrics and in moms and then as I moved into school I just stuck I, hormones hormones it's what I get it's what I know it's what I understand and my residency was in hormones I did I went and got a master's afterwards in public health because I thought I wanted to be boots on the ground doing women's health education in other countries I am just at a different differently than I thought and and it's just continued my practice was primarily women's health and hormones, and now working for precision analytical, it's, I swim in thousands of hormone tests all the time. (laughs) Well, and I think it's, it's
1: something like, even as someone like myself, that's traditionally, you know, more Western medicine trained in in terms of like looking at hormones, we look at every um, body system in a box. We're not thinking Mm -hmm. about systemically what's going on with the body. But I, I think in particular, when we're looking at women that are you know, aging. And I say aging could be 35, 40 and up, um, Mm -hmm. really looking at what's going on with our bodies as this happens. And I know we were talking before we started recording and I said, you know, even though I'm a healthcare provider, I had no idea what perimenopause was like, no one ever had a discussion with me about that. So, Yeah.
0: I was going to say so many patients that would come in and they're forties or maybe even, you know, lucky enough early fifties. And they're like, what, what is this? Like, what is this thing that I'm going through? I haven't changed nothing. My diet's the same, my exercise is the same, you know, same, same, same. And all of a sudden on my 45th birthday, I can't sleep and I've put on weight and I'm hot all the time and I can't remember the next thing I'm about to say and I don't understand. And then sometimes it comes back. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, what was that? Like, thank Mm -hmm. God that's gone. And then it comes back again. Yeah. Well, it's called perimenopause.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like someone described it to me as it's like our second puberty, like as my kids are hitting
0: puberty. Reverse reverse yeah. puberty. So I'm like, yes. you remember what you took to get into puberty? You're reversing yourself out of it. So strap in.
1: Yeah. So, it, so share with the listeners what's actually going on with our bodies as we're kind of making this transition from,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, our, our more fertile years to perimenopause. And we're not yet menopausal, but we're in this kind of nebulous period in between.
0: <laughs> yes. So on our ovaries, as far as we know right now, we are born with all of our Follicles. So, all our follicles have the eggs inside, right? And we have three different types of cells that make hormones. So, we have the cell that makes testosterone and other androgens. We have a cell that makes estrogens. And then those two cells magically convert into a third cell and they make progesterone. So, that's what's on your follicle in your ovary. And because we are born with all of our follicles, eventually, as we get age gracefully, you know, we, we essentially run out of follicles. Like, eventually, they just, the body it's like, okay, you're, you're past your reproductive prime. And so therefore we lose the cells that are able to make these hormones. Sometimes in some cycles, we get them pretty strongly. And other times the cells are rather weak. And so the hormone production is weak. What that translates to is where you used to have, hopefully maybe a very consistent cycle that you could rely upon. It came roughly every month, You got roughly the same symptoms. You knew roughly what was happening. And now you don't because you're losing those cells Mm -hmm. and they're becoming weaker Then you essentially are on kind of like on a roller coaster. So some days you have a lot of estrogen and some days you don't have any estrogen. And this results in some days you have a lot of brain fog and hot flashes and night sweats and joint pain and vaginal dryness. And then you gain that extra lovely weight around the middle and other days it goes away. Other days you're like, my brain is clear. I have no hot flashes today. I don't understand what's happening. I, I slept last night, and then for the next week you can't sleep again. And it's when you look at a when you look at there's a great chart that um, I believe it was the Harvard Women's Clinic put out depicting perimenopause and the, how hormones mm-hmm. actually look when they tracked women. Mm-hmm. And it literally was the craziest, most absurd roller coaster ride you'd ever seen. And when I showed women this in my practice, they're like, "Yep, that's exactly how I feel right mm-hmm. there. That's how I feel." And eventually, eventually, it does settle out. Eventually, you know, there's 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 the, there's the consistent phase where you're reproductive, in your 20s and 30s, teens, 20s and 30s, and then there's the perimenopausal phase that hits mm-hmm. in like the 40s and 50s, and then it, again, and then you do everything kind of drops down. You're you're not making the hormones like you were in your younger years. And it does tend to settle out for a lot of women, but it's that middle stage.
1: Oh, it's hard. That's a bugger. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And, yeah. I, and I think, and I've been very open about this, that, you know, it was five, exactly five years ago, we had bought and sold a house the same day. I would never recommend anyone do that. <laughs> no working in critical care cardiology and, you know, hospital and clinic. And I was probably over-exercising and not sleeping enough and probably too low carb for, you know, what I should have been doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I like hit a wall and it was like, all of a sudden I couldn't sleep. I was exhausted. I couldn't think straight. I developed food sensitivities. I gained mm-hmm. weight. And I think there's there's definitely this degree of sensitivity that we have as healthcare providers. You know, if we hear patients and I, I recall in my twenties and thirties, hearing women talk about this in their 40s, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I felt sorry for them, of course, but I was like, Oh, you know, it's that kind of conventional wisdom. Oh, you just need to exercise more. You just need right. to, eat less. you know, all of those things without really fully understanding what it is that our, what our
0: bodies are actually really going through. Right. Right. And I would have women, um, I would have women that would say to me, you just wait, you just wait (laughs) and your 45th birthday. You just, it's (laughs) going to happen to you too. Like you're going to hit your 50th birthday and here's what's going to happen. And I, I knew it. I mean, I had been seeing patient women for Mm -hmm. a long time. Uh, and I thought, oh crap, you know, oh, now you can hear my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I thought, okay, I have to, I, I have to really educate myself around this. I have to really educate my Patience around this. And myself as a woman who is now I'm in my forties to say, mm-hmm. like, you know, how can I make this transition, this roller coaster more like, you know, the gentle white little kids are allowed on as opposed to what teenage boys tend to like to go on. Yeah. oh, absolutely. I, I don't agree. want yeah. the loopy loops. <laughs> I don't want the, you know, the two hundred foot drop. I don't want any of that. <laughs> no,
1: and, and it's interesting for me because I feel like sleep is not a sexy topic for us to discuss with anyone. Mm-hmm. But I, I always say to my women, I'm like, if I can get you to sleep through the night, we can work on everything else. And I, 100, there are definitely people, and and goodness knows, I think everyone would like a repeat of 2020. Like we would just like to restart <laughs> it <off>. all. <laughs> yeah, there, is
0: there I a do over? But in some ways.
1: <laughs> exactly. Someone, there was a meme I saw on Twitter today, and it was a bag of like Lay's potato chips and toothpaste. And they said, This is what 2020 represents. Like they just don't go together.
0: It's like right.
1: not, not worked out in our favor. But when I really think about, um, you know, ways and strategies to kind of help women, I when we really talk about the sleep piece, I'm like, If I can get you to sleep through the night, your blood sugar is going to be better balanced. You're going to, you know, you really gain those benefits of the lymphatic system and the brain, and all this recycling mm-hmm. that goes on in our brains at night. So, sometimes I, I oftentimes feel like sleep is something we don't appreciate it enough until it's not working properly. Right.
0: Absolutely. Or people don't realize that they're not sleeping that well. You know, you ask, How are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're like, Oh, you know, fine. I'm, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I sleep fine. And then maybe they start tracking. Maybe they wear the watch mm-hmm. or they wear the ring that actually tells them more. Maybe they get a sleep study from their practitioner. And they are like, Oh gosh, actually, you know what? I'm not actually sleeping that well at all. Or we start to talk to them about, do you have sleep apnea? Do you snore? Do you mouth breathe? Do you grind your teeth at night? And they're like, Oh, well, yeah, but I've done that for years. And I'm like, well, that's, that's so problematic. Like you, you actually, when you, when you mouth breathe, when you snore, when you, when you, if you have sleep apnea, like that's all affecting the oxygenation to your brain and hello, like oxygen is kind of critical to us as humans and really (laughs) is important to you. And therefore, like that's by decreasing the oxygen to your brain, it's just affecting literally everything downstream from there. And it can make things so much worse.
1: Absolutely. So when you're talking to your patients or you're talking about perimenopause, you know, what are, what are some of the factors that can influence this transition for women? Meaning- you know, I know that the self-care strategy and the lifestyle management really is, it's again, not a super sexy topic, but one of those things that's really critical can make a huge yeah. difference.
0: Huge. I had a patient who was a really high up at a really well-known, um, you know, multi-billion dollar company. And uh, she was one of the, the top, top people. And she said to me, I did, I did menopause. I did it. I did perimenopause. I said, you what? <laughs> She said, well, I was dre- getting dressed to go to a, a banquet, a benefit. And um, she goes, I had hot flashes. So I had to open the window. And I thought, is this what Carrie talks about? This is what I'm going through. And she was in her late forties at the time. And, and she, she had her hot flashes and then they went away. And, she said, and then she said, that's it. I did it. I'm done. I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. No. <laughs> no. And so it, you know, it's, it absolutely is the sleep and the lifestyle and the blood sugar and the stress management. And it's, it's literally all the basic things that we as women need to really hone in on as we get into perimenopause, you know, because women will say, what's your biggest strategy for perimenopause? I said, be prepared in your thirties, you know, be prepared in your thirties, because when you go into your forties and fifties, it's, it's, it's reverse puberty. So you now have to rely on the scaffolding that you built up, the years prior, like how well do you do with sleep? How well do you take care of yourself? How good is your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your blood sugar? How, how well do you manage stress? Mm -hmm. Have you been able to maintain a healthy weight? Are you hedging into pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, things like that? Are you an entrepreneur and you're working around the clock? Are you an entrepreneur and a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, 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 and on all the things and what's happening, I see is that women, are in their forties. They're often at the top of their game, right? Mm -hmm. Or, and, or if, if they're working and, or they have families and their kids are starting to make big transitions, either Mm -hmm. out of high school, college, what have you, their parents are aging. So maybe Mm -hmm. now they're taking care of aging parents. They're moving, right? Mm -hmm. They're either downsizing, upsizing, depending they're buying other, they're looking for other investments. Mm -hmm. Now is the time of commonly for, you know, divorce, Mm -hmm. separation, death. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot. It's a lot for women. It
1: really is because we, as the caretakers oftentimes take care of ourselves last. So I'm often saying, you know, self-care is not selfish and Mm Everyone in my house makes fun of me because I have teen boys who make fun of me anyway, but they enjoy teasing me because I'm in bed before everyone else. I'm like, I legitimately need more sleep than you all mm-hmm. think you do. And and I will put myself to bed at 930 and everyone mm-hmm. thinks it's hilarious. And I just remind them like I... Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. The indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air And in some circumstances, up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? I want to introduce you to a product by Air Doctor that has captured the attention of established media outlets, like CNN, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that have the potential to go on and make us sick. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day, breathe easy, money-back guarantee so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorrow.com and use code CYNTHIA. You'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 in value. Look at the special offer by going to a i r d o c t o r pro.com and use promo code Cynthia. I absolutely love my air filters. They're an integral component to ensuring that the air that my family breathes in our home is as safe as possible. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise. So you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, Need to have more sleep than, and I recognize that I do. And I mean, on occasion, I will stay up later, of course. But I know what happens to me if I get a second wind, and you know, my yeah. cortisol gets bumped up, and then it's eleven thirty, and I'm sitting in my bed with my blue blockers on, and <laughs> I'm trying to read a book, and you know, it ends yeah. up becoming then I can't get up on time, and so it's absolutely that time where we have to be more mindful and be yeah. bigger advocates for ourselves. Like I, I work with so many women that will say you know, they give me the list of why they can't. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you could do three to five minutes of meditation twice a day. Like we all have that amount of time. How much time do we yeah. spend on our phones, checking social media? Just going to
0: say how often do you spend on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, you know, just, just carve out 10 of those minutes and divert it to something like meditation, breath exercises, what have you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The other big one too, that I see in me, I don't know, you may see this as well. It's um, it's alcohol you know, especially yes. now with, with quarantine to stay at home, right? Everyone's when I, today to, for where I live today is, um, is is trash day and, and recycle day, and when I walk my dog, you get to see what all your neighbors are doing. Because, but you know, there's there's trash, there's recycle, and then we are we have to separate glass. We're required, and so mm-hmm. our our gla- everyone's glass bins are over the, the amount of beer bottles, tequila bottles, and wine bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, is just is x is gone up exponentially. I can see from my neighbors is for everyone staying at home, and I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I completely you know no understand what they're going through, right. but at the same time, when women say to me. Um, I can't sleep and i'm gaining weight and I don't feel good and I have brain fog. I'm like, you know what Those two to four glasses of wine that you're having a night You know that gin and tonic that you're having pretty regularly that little bit of tequila and lime like I know You think it's Better for your blood sugar and I know you think that it's small batch and I know you've been told it's biodynamic and organic It's still alcohol and it is a hundred percent affecting your liver Mm -hmm. And that's affecting your hormones. It is affecting your blood sugar in some way It could be, you know, for a lot of the alcohol and, Mm -hmm. and now you can't sleep and now you have hot flashes and now you're gaining weight and, you know, and it's a real wake-up call to a lot of women when I point that out where they're like, but it's just a glass of wine. You know, I just have a glass of wine or two every night. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But now you you just be mindful, Mm -hmm. maybe cut it out for a week or two and see if you notice a difference. I've had more women tell me, take me up on the challenge and go, oh, crap. (laughs) Like you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: mean, like, I think it's okay. one of those things. It's, you know, what we were able to do in our teens, twenties, thirties, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you can't do. And for me, yeah. I find it's the alcohol, it's the sweets. Like people mm-hmm. say, I can't go to a restaurant and have dessert because my blood sugar, I, I want to go take a nap. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. so tired or mm-hmm. I'm then craving all this other junk. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's um alcohol, especially, and I agree with you. There's a lot of you know, I think there are, people think of alcohol as being so benign, but I remind people, I'm like, if you're trying to lose weight mm-hmm. or if you're frustrated or you're inflamed, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a really good thing to pull out of your diet. And then, you know, other things too, which, you know, whether it's dairy or gluten or grains, right. things that really flame up your body for sure.
0: And most people know, right? When you ask somebody like, what, what food do you eat that you know, you probably shouldn't most, everybody can pinpoint at least something. Most people will, you know, they'll say like, well... I shouldn't have ice cream or like, (laughs) I know what happens when I eat cheese, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. You know, people will say I had popcorn and that rips my stomach apart, but I keep eating it. Like, look, every time you do, you're just adding fuel to the fire and the fire being your body and your inflammation. And that's not helping your perimenopause. I can assure you of that.
1: No. And it's interesting because I I think ketogenic diets have gotten really popular. And I have to remind people that, ketogenic diets can be great for the right person, but people use it as a, as a reason to eat a lot of cheese, yeah. and eat a lot of nuts. And I always yeah. say like too much of any one thing is not good, but if you can't mm-hmm. self-monitor, and I mean, if you're, if a serving of cheese is like the size of your thumbnail, I mean, come on, how many people really eat one serving of cheese? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> too good. Um, so definitely can be problematic. So Sleep is one of the big things. What are some of the other things other than weight gain, sleep, et cetera, that they're seeing?
0: Um, A big one is hydration, the amount of people Mm -hmm. that are dehydrated. Um, And I don't mean necessarily just water, but minerals, you know, Mm -hmm. getting quality minerals because we drink caffeine all morning. And then we're usually busy. We maybe get a cup of water, a couple cups mm-hmm. of water. And then, you know, we get move into dinner. And by the end of the day, we've had liquids, but actual real hydration can be really tough. And in, and, and what does hydration dehydration do? It, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big problem for the brain. It makes us mm-hmm. have brain fog and makes us feel sleepy. And it like does Bad things to our skin mm-hmm. and it, you know, does bad things for our GI tract, And you just sort of moving our lymphatic system along, right. That just mm-hmm. sort of moves. The lymphatic system is really important for detox. And, um, when I ask women, you know, how much, how much water do you think you drink in a day? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Oh yeah. I know I could do better. I know I could do better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, by the time you're thirsty, it's too late. You're already dehydrated a little bit. So we got to mm-hmm. replete you. And we may even want to consider adding in, some minerals, you know, getting like mineral drops or, you know, mineral liquid and and really mineral water, just buying Mm -hmm. mineral water in glass can be a really big one. So I think, I mean, I know again, not sexy, not sexy. (laughs) I know people are waiting for like the magic herb or the magic vitamin, but it's these little things that make a huge difference, especially if you're prone to, you know, vaginal dryness, especially Mm -hmm. if you're prone to hot flashes and night sweats, you know, and you're just, you're just sweating it out again. You have to and and on top of it, you're drinking two or three cups of coffee. Like it's Mm -hmm. you gotta replete yourself. So
1: I'm surprised when I ask people, you know, they'll say I'll have yeah, I'll have coffee once or twice a day. I'm like, but what quantity? And then they start realizing that they're doing like a massive Starbucks sixteen ounce grande (laughs) latte twice a day. And I'm like, Okay, well with whip. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh my, that's a little different than just having plain coffee or plain bitter tea. Absolutely. Right. So when women are, when you're having these discussions and you're talking about things to be anticipatory for and, and symptoms to kind of experience, you know, when is the, and I know this is like the million dollar question. And I, I actually get this question quite a bit. Do you feel that every woman needs bioidenticals before they head into menopause? Are you more of a wait and see kind of person? I know certainly with the Dutch testing, every bioindividuality rules. So obviously yeah. every person has a different we would have a different set of recommendations. But as a general rule, where do you fall on that continuum?
0: So I'm actually a big fan of bioidentical hormones. And I'm assuming by biodent BHRT, you mean more on the estrogen, because yes. obviously like DHEA and testosterone yeah. count as well as, as yeah. hormones. But yeah, when it comes to estrogen, um, I 100% agree with you. Bioindividuality is important. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you were not a candidate for BHRT, then you mm-hmm. shouldn't be on BHRT given your history or or whatever, but given the amount of research that has come out on the beneficial effect of estrogen on like the heart and the brain and skin and joints and everything, mood, um, Mm -hmm. all those sorts of things as you, um, age, right. Mm -hmm. And your estrogen starts to go down and these things start to increase as a woman, I, am I was at a conference once where they were discussing. When I first, first, first learned about this years ago, and I turned to my girlfriend and I said, "As soon, as soon as I get symptomatic, you prescribe for me." Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like, "You do it for me too. We'll prescribe for each other." I know the risk of breast cancer. I understand it. I, I, you know, I'm in the hormone field. I read the literature absolutely. But heart disease is the number one killer of women. Right? Mm -hmm. Heart disease is, and Alzheimer's and dementia is fast climbing. Fast climbing and I've had so many women reach out to me in perimenopause and say, I have such severe joint pain. I feel flu like. I've gotten frozen shoulder. I've gotten Mm -hmm. frozen shoulder twice. Like what is happening to me? My quality of life is horrible. Mm -hmm. It's I mean it's a mix of things, right? It's lifestyle and diet and in absorption and everything but sleep. But it's also your your hormones are declining. Mm -hmm. Your hormones are declining. And so I Believe in BHRT for the right woman, right. assuming, of course, there's follow-up imaging yes, and testing critical. and you know stuff yes. like that. So yeah, so I'm a big fan of BHRT as a yeah, woman.
1: And it's interesting because I, I feel like you know when I talk to people, there's a lot of fear about it, and, mm-hmm. and I remind people that there's not a one-size-fits-all philosophy, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. And that there can be so many factors that go into, like I was actually talking, just my cousin's a GYN in New Jersey. And she was saying, oh, when, you know, women were in their forties and they started having trouble sleeping, she might've done a little bit of progesterone mm-hmm. at night to help them with sleep. And then she said, obviously when they transition into menopause then you know, depending on what they needed um, and she was certainly open-minded, but she said, there's so much fear. Like women mm-hmm. are so fearful. It's almost as if. Um it, one of the the limiting beliefs I hear is well, like if I go on um uh bioidenticals, I'm gonna gain weight. And that's like one fear. And then mm-hmm. someone else said to me, you know, the dry vagina syndrome is terrifying. So I'll absolutely positively go on bioidenticals because <laughs> I <don't> want to <laughs> deal with that. And I'm like that's another not so se- sexy topic, but mm-hmm. still, you know, you have estrogen receptors in those tissues too. And mm-hmm. interestingly, mm-hmm. I brought on uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lines like last month, and she was talking mm-hmm. about estrogen receptors on our muscles and how mm-hmm. important it is. And she said, if you want to build muscle and she said, most women are protein deficient. And so you, you just start to realize it's this like domino effect that as we have declining levels of estrogen, we start, you know, we start having all these symptoms that perhaps we were unexpecting.
0: Right. No, it's true. And it's unfair because um, and I say this a lot, and I'm sure you you I mean I know you do too, is women, we are tasked with reproduction, right? Whether you want to or not, whether you want to have mm-hmm. children or not, like that's what you were it's what you, it's biologically how we're designed, right? If we want to. So if you do, if you reproduce, you you go through trying to get pregnant, you get pregnant, you have the baby. And then, and then at the end, when, when you're, you know, not, you know, is biologically healthy for reproduction as you, um, as you once were, your prize is perimenopause and menopause. <laughs> and it's like, who designed this? Like it's who, who designed this? Because the time, in the time when you're, tr- when you, in your thirties, when you should be really trying to dial it in, knowing that as you head into your forties and fifties, it's prob it's biologically might get a little bit rougher Mm. for you but your 30s for a lot of women they're still having children you know they're still trying or they're still trying to work on their career or they're still going a mile a minute and they're they're still you know doing all the things and then Mm. you know it's it's they're making sacrifices their own self-sacrifices to get ahead or help their family or whatever they're doing Mm. and it's and and we uh, and then we get rewarded in our 40s with you know hair loss and dry vagina and Half flashes, like who thought of that?
1: I don't know about you, but I like to enjoy a nice wine glass after a long day. But the problem is that so many of the wines have harmful chemicals like pesticides or they have way too much sugar, which would damage your health in the long run. After doing some researching, I discovered Dry Farm Wine, the only health focused natural wine club in the world. Their wine is all natural and additive free lab-tested for purity, sugar-free, and low-alcohol, so you can enjoy the taste of good wines without the massive chemical or sugar intake. By joining the Dry Farm Wine Club, you can choose how often you'd like to receive the wines. You can choose monthly or every other month and how many you'd like to receive. And as a special gift, if you sign up with our link, you can get a bonus bottle of pure natural wine with your first order for just one extra penny. Visit the link in the description to claim your bonus bottle of natural wine and join the Dry Farm Wine Club. Yeah, that that was kind of a cruel joke. It's interesting. So I grew up in New Jersey and and most of my classmates that I graduated high school with had kids earlier than I did. I had my first at 34, second at 36, you know, now I'm I'm closer to 50 than 40. And so with teenagers at home, it's amazing to me that, you know, I, I feel like you know, everyone decides for themselves what makes the most sense, whether they have kids, don't have kids, when they choose to have children, when they choose not to have children. Um, but for me, the irony that I'm going through reverse puberty as my mm-hmm. kids, you know, hormones are ramping up. I mean, the irony is not lost on me at all. <laughs> but you would assume like, it seems to me that men, you know, they go through andopo- andropause. Mm-hmm but it seems a bit more benign or am I just mistaken? Obviously I'm not a men's hormone specialist, but yeah. it seems like their transition is a whole lot less eventful.
0: It's be- mostly because men don't cycle, you know, mm-hmm. like we do. We, they, they're not losing a menstrual cycle. They're not losing um, the the cells like we do that make the hormones. There are a lot of things that cause a decline in testosterone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's a lot of things that affect testosterone, um, but men, Th- their their androgens seem to mm. have a lot. They have more of them. It's what makes yeah. it helps makes them men. They have seem to have a lot more resiliency and um, and therefore, as you stereotypically men, when they hit their forties and fifties, can often make the decision of, oh, I'm going to clean up my diet and I'm going to you know start exercising a little bit and presto changeo they lose weight and get a six pack and feel really good. Whereas their female counterpart is like, I have been trying to do this for 15 years. Like, are you mm-hmm. serious? Like all you mm-hmm. do is just go for a run three times a week and all of a sudden you're 20 pounds lighter? Like how, this is so not fair. Men's physiology is just different from ours. Ours is okay. designed around reproduction and theirs is not.
1: And our bodies and so, are- Definitely much more sensitive to those changes yes. that we make definitely, yes. for sure. It's interesting. I, I was running an intermittent fasting, like masterclass, and I would have couples that would do it together. And the women inevitably would be frustrated because the men would start seeing results much faster. And I said, mm-hmm. well, if you look at this one research study, and I always have to bring it up over an eight week period, men and women lost the same amount of weight, but men will lose it faster and more mm-hmm. upfront than women. And it's hard to be patient. So I get mm-hmm. that when we're trying to compare ourselves. Um, there was a book that I actually came across recently. Are you familiar with T- T.S. Wiley's work? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so for anyone that's listening, uh, she has a, a very interesting podcast with Dave Asprey, which is how I dove down the rabbit hole of learning more about. She thinks women should cycle throughout their lifetime. So she, I, their the whole, whole
0: lifetime. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. I, I found that very interesting. It was the first time I'd ever heard. And so I always remind people that when I refer them to that podcast, it just was interesting. I'm not Mm -hmm. advocating that that's the right thing. I think we as women at some point want to no longer be in a point of procreation, whereas men seem to be able to procreate until they're much, much older because they're replenishing their sperm on a daily basis. But just curious, are you familiar with her kind of
0: yeah. So it, it's called the Wiley Protocol. And um, I never, I didn't do it. I didn't do it in practice. I, I, and the reason I didn't, I, I was just taught differently. Mm-hmm. I do believe that women should have some, you know, estrogen mm-hmm. hormones. You don't have to start with estrogen, like you were saying earlier with your cousin. You, yep. You're being an OBGYN, like maybe we start with progesterone and DHEA mm-hmm. and they like sort of see how things uh, transpire. But I don't necessarily feel that women should be in their 70s and 80s and still getting a period no, thanks. and even into their 90s <laughs> yes. on it and I in my practice I ended up having women um who would come to me having been on it mm-hmm. didn't like it and they needed what like correcting or like mm-hmm. clean up so to speak mm-hmm. like it didn't work for them so we ended up Having to do that now, I—that's who I saw. I right. didn't see the women who were on it and loved it. Right, that wasn't right. my patient base, and I know those women are out there. So I'm not by any stretch sure negative against the protocol. Right. I'm just these—the are women I saw were like, I did it, I tried it, I hate it, I feel like mm. I am 60 with a period. Like, no, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, fair <laughs> enough. Let's let's transition this. Let's still get you protection as best we can, but like, not have you bleed every month. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was. That's something that I very much look forward to when that transition where I no longer have to worry about, oh, I'm on a trip and oh, it came early or I have to carry things with me or what right. have you.
0: Yeah. I was just right. curious because I had never- and, But keep in mind that they don't have the follicles. Like these, It's mm-hmm. not like going on this protocol preserves the cells. You're not still fertile at 60, 70, 80, and 90 just because you have a period. It's not a period. It's more of a withdrawal bleed, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of so like it's not- Kind of like the pill, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the birth control pill it's except it's bioidentical. Mm-hmm. and so it's not it's yeah, it's not preserving your reproductivity. it doesn't mean you can have a child at seventy five um by any stretch. those cells are long gone right. um, it's <laughs> it's just trying to maintain aging gracefully. I just right. do it differently, yeah,
1: yeah yeah i i it was just interesting that I came across that, read the book, listened to the podcast, and thought, oh well I'm bringing. Dr. Carry on. So I'll ask her. which. She so.
0: <laughs> and she's, she'll have a completely different view, which is great, which is so wonderful. And it will resonate. People will hear that reader book and be like, that's what I want. That's, that's how I want to get grow older. Absolutely. And other women are listening to this and go a period at 65. Like, no, no <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm no freaking I mean, way. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking forward to when I don't have to worry
1: about those things, mm-hmm. you know, great, I'm actually, I'm closer to that than not, but I'm I'm definitely at that point where I'm like, that doesn't sound like a bad idea if I can weather all the other things. So have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. For people that aren't familiar, so perimenopause is this like five to seven years preceding menopause typically. Mm -hmm. And then what is the hallmark of menopause for people that are listening that maybe aren't as familiar with it? Like what? what actually designates, like you are fully in menopause,
0: like what happens? Yeah. 12 months of no period at all. You can still have all the symptoms, hot flashes, Mm -hmm. night sweats, joint pain, brain fog, vaginal dryness, what have you. But it's literally going 12 months without a period. Once you hit the 13th month mark, you are considered officially menopausal. In perimenopause, you may find your cycles are all over the board. You may find you used to be a regular girl and now you're going getting your period every two weeks Mm -hmm. and then it will skip three months. And Mm -hmm. then you will get it back again. And then it will skip for two more months. And then eventually you will skip and you will skip and you will skip. Mm -hmm. And then you'll hit 12 months and go, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm (laughs) menopausal, but you can still have the symptoms. Of course, you can still, Mm -hmm. you know, struggle with hormonal symptoms. So it's Mm -hmm. not a symptom Mm -hmm. like stamp of approval. It's, it's a no period. 12 months and no period is where you get the stamps where you get the badge. Yeah. Badge of honor yeah. A certificate. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, and it's interesting because it seems like there's so much like people assume that all the symptoms end when you stop getting your period. And, and I, I've worked with women who were like 55 and they've been in menopause for five years. And they're like, I haven't slept for five years or yeah. I continue getting hot flashes or, you know, my vagina is like the Sahara desert. I'm quoting mm-hmm. someone. It was not something I came up with. And so I, I, I find, you know, from what I'm reading and obviously you're more heavily involved in the research kind of the sooner that you're working through the lifestyle piece and you're staying on top of that, the much more easily that transition will occur. And, you know, you may have to have some finesse when it comes to sleep. It may mm-hmm. have to be that you take some supplements. Like I was mm-hmm. telling someone the other night, you know, normally I take a couple things to that are non habit forming. I want to be very mm-hmm. clear about that non habit forming things that I take for sleep. But given COVID, social distancing, you know, mm-hmm. homeschooling to teenagers, working from home, uh, there's definitely been more finessing. So <laughs> that's I, a good word. <laughs> yes. Well, and then it's like give and take. I'm like, this is yeah. not what I want to do forever. But what are some of the things when you're working with someone, if they're working on, you know, stress reduction and they're working on physical activity and they're, you know, doing really well with their diet? What are some of the, because I feel like sleep is the most critical part of all of that. Mm -hmm. What are some of the strategies, techniques, things that you recommend or use with your client population?
0: So a lot of it's wind down. I heard, Mm -hmm. I, I wish I could credit the person who I heard this from. Oh, I think it was Matthew Walker. Why do we sleep? He talked about, um, we give little kids a sleep routine. We read Mm -hmm. them a book, we get them a glass of water, right? We snuggle them and then they fall asleep. Like why do we stop that as humans? We need a wind down routine. We need to get our pajamas on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need turn the lights down, right? We need to read a book and, and then we need some snuggle and then we need to go to bed and it would help immensely. But that light is a key, key factor when it comes to sleep. And so you mentioned blue light blockers earlier, and I'm a big fan I wear blue light blocking glasses most of the time. Sometimes I'm lazy and I forget. But, I, but I'm also big on I dim the, the lights at night. I actually don't hardly watch any TV. And mm-hmm. when the TV we have is, of course, you know, gigantic. Thank mm-hmm. you to my husband. And it's big and it's bright. And so I make sure I've got my, my blue light blocking glasses on. And I drink tea at night that helps mm-hmm. with winding down and relaxing. I drink Tulsi tea, which is holy yeah. basil. You can get it at literally any grocery store, um, a lot of people will do like sleepy time tea or Mm -hmm. chamomile tea. Mm -hmm. And it's just ritualistic, meaning it's a signal to your brain like, oh, we're gonna gonna drink this tea, assuming you don't have like get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom issues. And um, you're gonna drink this tea, we're gonna calm down, we're gonna wind down and then we're gonna go to sleep, right? It's just just maintaining patterns for the body. Plus chamomile and holy basil or Tulsi um, are very, Calming, they're very calming and relaxing to the body. Baths are a big one if you can do them. Epsom salt baths, mineral baths um, mm-hmm. are really great. That magnesium, mm-hmm. magnesium in general before bed is one of my absolute favorites. It's anti-spasmodic. It's really relaxing. It's super helpful for detoxification. Mm-hmm. It's magnesium's used in a lot of different um, uh, reactions in the body. Um, it can help headaches. It helps restless leg. I mean, it really can help a lot of things. So some people will take magnesium before bed. Other people are, you know, bath people and they'll do a bath, you know, a couple times a week or, or even every night, depending before bed. Um, and so when it, when it comes to that, there are, um, meditative exercises. It doesn't require an hour. There are great, meditation apps there you can youtube just youtube you know five minute sleep meditation and it's it can be guided it can be mm-hmm. just um like um binaural beats uh which is just music to help mm-hmm. like get your brain into ready to be uh go to sleep and just listen to it as you are in bed wind down and then again it just is that programming of the brain as we do these things after this we go to sleep and then like you said there are Wonderful non-habit forming <laughs> things you <laughs> can like take.
1: Be very clear. Qualify about that. now. <laughs> <Non-habit forming.
0: laughs> right. I mean, there's obviously people out there on Ambien or Sonata mm-hmm. or you know things like Tylenol PM. Just be very, very, very careful. They're not actually helping you hit all your stages mm-hmm. of sleep, and they are uh, habit forming, especially in the sense of people will say, "If I stop it, I know I'm not going to sleep." Mm-hmm. And they're not willing to risk that. And so then it becomes more psychological. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I need to sleep as opposed to something like chamomile or holy basil or magnesium. That is definitely not habit forming or anything like that. Well, I think, sorry. I was going to say, but there's some good, there's some good things out there that, you know, talking to practitioners and you post on social media and, you know, just to help. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I I think sometimes it's situational, like,
1: this is a good example. 2020 mm-hmm. has just been a really interesting <laughs> year on so many levels. And then, you know, sometimes it's you're just recognizing you're waking up. I always say it's the witching hour. If someone tells me one to four a.m. I wake up every night. I'm
0: mm-hmm. Like, okay,
1: first try. I, I'm a big fan of box breathing. Like, you know, four mm-hmm. counts in. Hold her four counts, let it out. And I usually say, by the time you get to the fourth one, you've fallen back to sleep, but just trying to find, you know, modalities and and things that are helpful. I do find, you know, there are some adaptogens in particular, like I like Rolora. Um, yeah. Find Ashwagandha. Counts. Yep. Um, I find mm-hmm. that that can be hugely beneficial. L-theanine. Um, of my finding, yeah. Like finding that, you know, happy medium. Um, I would say those are probably my favorites right now in terms of Okay. Or there's a product by designs for health. I have no affiliation with them, but I, I do like it and they have Pharmagaba, And so sometimes oh, that can yeah. be helpful. I always remind people, if you're fasting, you want to make sure you consume it before your fasting, your feeding window ends so that you're not breaking your fast because there's stevia in it. But those are, those are some of the tricks in the bag, but I agree with yeah. the magnesium bath. Those can be huge. Um,
0: There's um, also flower essences for people who like flower essences, which you like Whole Foods has them. New season or um, well, new seasons. If you're in the Northwest like me, uh, Amazon has Mm -hmm. them. But white chestnut, white chestnut is the one for the recurring thoughts. You can't get your brain to stop. It's just always on the go. Um, And so white chestnut can be really good for people Mm -hmm. who say, I sit in bed and spin um, and I'm I'm constantly thinking. Uh, It is in a little bit. It's um, flower essences are generally in a little bit of, alcohol. It's mm-hmm. their little, little vials and you, and they have a little dropper in them. And you just put a couple drops under your tongue. Okay. So just be aware, you know, if you are not doing alcohol or you're mm-hmm. averse to it, then we'll don't do it. <laughs> but, <or> find, <laughs> maybe try to find white chestnut that's in filtered water as opposed okay. to uh, preserved in alcohol. And then, what's my my Chinese medicine friends, my acupuncture friends have taught me the Chinese clock, which is always really helpful for mm-hmm. uh, women to understand. So, in Chinese medicine, the clocks the clock the 12, or 20, uh, the twenty four hour clock is divided up into chunks, and it correlates with things. So, for example, one to three a.m. is liver time. Mm-hmm. It's associated with the liver. So, did you drink? Is did you eat something heavy? And now mm-hmm. your bile is like in your gallbladder, trying to like work on this. Um, and the emotion associated is anger. And so I would often ask my patients, like, what's going on? Are you heated about something, irritated about something, angry about something? From three to five is lung time. And so it can be literal lung. So it can be been allergies. You know, mm-hmm. it can be getting over a cold, you know, a respiratory infection, what have you. Um, and but the associated emotion is grief. So grief is a big one. Like, what are you sad about? What are you grieving? What are you, tr- what are you working to let go? But it's hard. Um, And then I had a, I had a Chinese medicine practitioner tell me recently, she said, you know, the clock starts at three because when you are born, the first thing you do is cry and that's lungs. Mm -hmm. And she said, so you it's, it's the, from 2am to 3am is a big transition in Chinese medicine. And so she said, it actually means a lot. So I always ask my women because of my wonderful acupuncture friends, you know, like, what time did you wake up? Oh, AM. What are you mad about? Yeah. <laughs> what oh, did you last night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: Cause I think that's all valuable. I mean, it, oh. I always think, you know, liver just like you. And then sometimes I think about like cortisol, like, is their blood sugar low? Like what's, mm-hmm. what could be kind of precipitating or, or, um, you know, really making that an issue. So, we we have women that are in perimenopause, five to seven years preceding menopause. Mm-hmm. Then we go through menopause. And so, what are some of the things for women to be considering, other than you know hormone replacement therapy, whether it's bioidenticals yeah. or synthetics? What are some of the things that you'll strategize with your women about? What are things to look out for or to be looking you know looking towards? Obviously, we want if we think about we're going to spend you know forty percent of our lifetime in menopause, we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we're doing it in a way that we're as proactive as possible. And, and as I remind people, I'm like, you know, the benefit of getting older is that we're, things will not be static. You know, things will shift and change. I was telling someone the other day, I was like looking at my legs and I was like, I'm 48. And I was looking at my legs and I was like, gosh, I was like, it's kind of weird. And then I realized I was like, Oh, you start getting some skin laxity as yes. your you know, estrogen is, you know, certainly involved in collagen and mm-hmm. and things that kind of keep your skin kind of supported. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, that's okay. I can deal with that. But you know, <laughs> you're just watching, it's like a, you know, it's like a wonderful kind of science experiment, looking at how much your body starts to change as you get older.
0: And it really menopause perimenopause, but then menopause really affects all the systems, which I, mm-hmm you know, with, like I said earlier, heart disease is the number one killer. Cardiovascular disease is the killer, number one killer of women. And, um, and so all the things that related to heart, I'm very mindful of, you know, like, like blood pressure checks and mm. metabolic syndrome. So like, let's do fasting glucose. Let's do mm. fasting insulin. Let's look at your lipids and let's see what's going on. Brain health is really important. As we know, in like fact, I said earlier, Alzheimer's and dementias really, unfortunately on the rise and for there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. around the development of Alzheimer's and dementia, but definitely the, I think the lack of hormones is, is a big contributing factor. So let's focus on brain health, mm-hmm. joint, the amount of women that tell me, you know, I used to be able to work out really mm-hmm. easily. And now I have these weird joint pains, or I used to be able to be, sit on the floor and just get up. And now I can't, I have to go to my knee. I have to push myself off. I'm getting frozen shoulder. Why did I get frozen shoulder? It, 52 years old, you know, what did I do? I'm like, you didn't do anything. You lost estrogen and it's a huge symptom that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Skin, like you said, collagen is a big player. We start to lose our collagen. We get a lot of laxity. Yeah. We notice things like our fat pads that were meant mm-hmm. to keep things upright and <laughs> start to start decline. To <laughs> <laughs> we start to develop, you know, mm-hmm. gravity takes its toll on us as, 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 as we age, um, our hair health, women Mm -hmm. will tell me their hair maybe falls out. It's a little Mm -hmm. thinner, it's a little drier. And so just being really cognizant as women go through menopause to know that all these things change and you don't necessarily expect that you're just going to be rebound and resilient like you were in your twenties. And so if you are having concerns, issues, no matter what it is, heart palpitations, shoulder pain, you know, memory stuff, check in with your practitioner, get some, get, you know, check your thyroid. Your thyroid often changes in menopause. And I don't think women realize that they'll go, I never had thyroid problems. My whole life I had never thyroid problems. And I'm like, well, now you went through reverse reverse puberty and anything is up for grabs. So (laughs) let's (laughs) double check it and just make sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And so I know that the Dutch, um, which is the dried urine and saliva testing is something that obviously you are a huge proponent of, and I am as well for anyone that's listening that once they get their hormones checked, um, what's the best way for them to determine if they're a practitioner or to find a practitioner that's participating with that type of testing.
0: They can actually message Dutch or call Dutch. So they can message them on social media. They can send them an email, uh, info at dutchtest.com. They can call them and just say, here's where I live in the world. Um, is there a practitioner near me can you give me a list or now of course everyone's into telemedicine so we have a number of telemedicine options as well of practitioners that are doing dutch testing and then can help order it with for you mm-hmm. and then reinterpret the results and work through a plan
1: yeah and as i've told my own my own patients that it's a test that you know i actually took a class to be able to interpret it because there's mm-hmm. so many nuances of the test, but hugely beneficial talking about sex hormones and Mm -hmm. cortisol and DHEA and how it's metabolized melatonin. And I find in that test in particular, when you're looking at, you know, I I have a lot of women who are concerned about, for example, you know, mom had breast cancer or there was some Mm -hmm. type of estrogen, you know, sensitized cancer in their families. And and you can actually show how the estrogen metabolizes, which I think is fascinating. And Mm -hmm. the other thing that I really love about the test amongst many things is that Um, you know, for the women that I know are stressed and aren't doing a lot to address the stress, I always say, well, you wonder why you have no libido (laughs) Your is really low. Well, let me explain to you this downstream effect. So it has this really nice graphical representation. There's lots of numbers. Like I always remind people, there's a lot of quantitative information, but there's also a lot of visual representation, which for many, many people, if that's the way you learn, it can be so much, so, so valuable
0: trying to understand it all. And the great thing is there's so much you can do. You don't have to go on BHRT. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of it. Um, when it, you know, it, Women will say, what food can I eat? I'm 50. What food can I mm-hmm. eat to increase estrogen? What supplement can I take to increase estrogen? You can't, unfortunately. There's our herbs that we mm-hmm. call phytoestrogens that will bind to the estrogen receptor very, 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 very mildly and very, very, very mildly turn them on and, and help with like maybe with the hot flashes night sweat stuff but to actually increase estrogen in circulation in your body it's only unfortunately hormone replacement will do that once you are in menopause but for that symptom management there there are cool studies on mm-hmm. some herbs and nutrients that will help that there are great studies on herbs and nutrients that help redirect the pathways for detoxification there are foods there in that in that detox section mm-hmm that can be helpful. There definitely are things like when it comes to cortisol and melatonin that I can say, you know what, you know, do you need that melatonin? Maybe, but maybe let's try these other things first Mm -hmm. and see if we can naturally get your brain, your pineal gland to make melatonin again. And I, I love that sort of empowering aspect for women that I'm, you know, I don't have to, I don't say, you know, here's a pill for sleep, you know, and here's a pill for you know, estrogen and here's a pill for what, you know, depression and here's a pill for whatever. I'm like, well, actually this all ties together. And I think we can use maybe a more integrative natural route to support these systems while you're making the lifestyle changes, while you're working on the things that you can work on as well.
1: Well, it's been a fantastic conversation with you today. I want to be mindful of your time because I'm sure you've got a busy Friday. How can people reach out to you, find you on social media,
0: Yeah. So social media, um, much like you, I hang out on Instagram. <laughs> so I am at dr.carryjones uh, dr. And uh, everything on my Instagram is free education. I mean, I work for Dutch, uh, which I put right there in my bio, but I'm just all about trying to help women understand hormones, even the hard stuff at mm-hmm. an at easy level so that they can feel empowered and talk to their practitioner and like really understand like, Oh, this is what's happening to me. Oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, this is not all in my head. (laughs) Okay. This is great. And then you can go to Dutch's website, dutchtest.com, all of our webinars, all of our podcasts, everything we do is free. We just post it up there in the education section and you're welcome to go through and listen to this podcast, other podcasts, watch the webinars that we give and uh, reach out to us. We can help you find a practitioner. Such as you, you. do Dutch testing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no,
1: thank you so much for your time, and definitely your Instagram uh, feed is full of tons of great information. I'm always referring women over to there. I'm like, you just want to learn more. It's like sometimes you just do a snippet, like you may do a series on Mm -hmm. what happens in estrogen deficiency. These are the things that you see, but really informational and super positive and uplifting.
0: Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yours too. I, I get sucked in here. I mean, that's the great thing about Instagram, right? It's all visual and you only have so many words to do and you just, it's power packed. I just learned so much in that short amount of time. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time today. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll be in touch soon.
0: Excellent. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes.